Welcome to the division finals weekend in the Canadian Football League. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening across Canada on the TSN Radio Network to CFL Weekly. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMC Sports. And people, you know it. We're delivered by Domino's. Perfect football food for the weekend, huh? Go grab yourself a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. Fresh ingredients, fresh toppings, delicious. You want some side dishes too, boneless chickens there. Pasta, variety of pasta dishes that are great. And got a little sweet tooth. Add on a marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Pop whatever you need. Go to dominoes.ca for all the carryout and delivery specials. That's dominoes.ca. All right, got a great show for you today for the East Final, Ticats versus the Red Blacks, and the West Final as the Stampeders are hosting the Blue Bombers. TSN 1150 Hamilton, host of Ticats today, as well as Taddy and Louie B. It's Louie Butko on Twitter, at TSN underscore Louie B. To go over the West matchup, it'll be TSN 1290 Winnipeg's Darren Bombing, who does a great job on the Blue Bombers game day broadcast and hosts CFL 60. Then to get a league-wide perspective, I chat with CFL.ca senior writer Chris O'Leary. So, big, big show today to get ready for the East and West Finals with the winners, of course, headed to the Grey Cup. And because I love my CFL fans, my CFL Weekly listeners, you know I love you, I have a special Grey Cup prize giveaway for you, okay? This is straight from my guy Lucas at the CFL head office. Such a great guy. Hooked us up. I'm going to give away official CFL gear for you. Okay, so this is what you're going to get. An Adidas Hustle shirt, a New Era Drive hat, a mini Grey Cup logo football, and I'm also throwing in a Domino's pizza voucher just for good measure. Okay, so you got the official shirt, hat, Grey Cup mini football, Domino's pizza. I'm going to post a video uh, on Twitter at AndyMC81 so you can actually see the gear. So check that out there. And uh, hey, it's it's because we hear countrywide how many people listen to the show, and I really appreciate it. So I wanted to put out there something fun. So this is all you have to do. You have to make sure you're following me on Twitter. So this is how you enter. Follow me on Twitter, at AndyMC81, and retweet my CFL weekly tweet that has the podcast link in it. So I'll get it pinned to my Twitter, at AndyMC81. So you follow me there, retweet that tweet that has the CFL weekly show link, and I'll do a random draw this Friday for the winner and i'll ship it on out to you so it's going to be a lot of fun there okay there is a ton to get to folks let's get to the news and notes it's time for three downs on cfl weekly with andy mcnamara bringing you inside the largest headlines around the canadian football league first down and in first down, Rod Smith and the CFL on TSN panel set up the West final between the Blue Bombers and Stampeders. Matt Dunnigan, sure. Milt Stiegel, Henry Burris. But first, we're going to ask this question. Look ahead to the West Division final, Matty. Are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers getting the Calgary Stampeders at the right time? I don't even understand the question, but I'm just going to keep <laughs> talking because we're doing this for the last time. Better <laughs> chance than ever to be Calgary. Calgary Stampeders are back, baby. And I don't care where you catch a team at 13-5. and five. This is a football team that knows how to win. I don't think this is a good time to catch a Calgary I'm, Stampeders I'm with you, Matt. on two weeks rest. I don't understand the question either, but that doesn't mean the Winnipeg Blue Bombers aren't going to win. It's going to be tough, but mm-hmm. Calgary's still 13-5. and five. They're still coming That's off right. a bye. The same position they've been in the last three or four years. So. But it's all about getting hot at the
the right time. That's and right. Winnipeg's been the hottest team down the stretch, That's five true. and one finishing out. Mm -hmm. And the only game they lost was a no nonsense game. Nobody cared about that game in Edmonton. Huh. They didn't play none of their guys, but hey, they did play Calgary the last time and they beat the snot out of those guys. It was, even though it was a close oh. game. Okay. 350 yards for Matt Nichols. Yeah, this is always the question, of course, with Calgary, right? Is it is it the time to get them in the sense that they've blown it in the past, straight up, right? Like we know they've been Epic regular season teams, but when it comes to crunch time, they have come up recently short in the big games. Is it going to be the case against the Blue Bombers that have been pure overcomers all year? The Stamps receiving core is banged up, but you got Bo Levi Mitchell versus Matt Nichols, so that's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's move on. Second down. Well, the CFL and TSM panel also debated who was the better chance in the East final as the Hamilton Tiger Cats head into Ottawa to take on the Red Blacks. Ottawa beat Hamilton all three times in the regular season. Is that necessarily a good thing? That's a bad thing because you go in with your what? chest puffed out, your head is big. Oh, we dominated this team. We got Milton. this. No, Milton, baby. What are you thinking? You're watching your highlights, reading your clippings. That's a bad thing. You're watching how to beat a team for three times and you know what they're yes. going to do. You exactly. know what adjustments they're going to make. I think it's a great thing psychologically yes. for the football team. I'd much rather be on a 3-0 and as opposed to 0-3. You're, you're, right, you're right about that, Matt. It's a gift and a curse, but I think we're going to have another 2015 reoccurrence, but I think it's going to be a nail-batter down to the finish, and I think Ottawa's going to pull it out in the end. Okay, I'm going to finish off with a question. I know even you three can understand. I just want to know the best woo of the weekend inspired by Nature Boy. Rick Flair, pay a little visit to Hamilton. Have a oh, listen. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Do one for me. Woo! Woo! What's Ric Flair going to say? You with me? Woo! Woo! I don't know, Henry. Uh, competition I, there. I, I can't give it to Simone. That sounds like a scream no. or something. <laughs> Us, though. I think we were pretty good, guys. Yeah, we, were good. we were good, but I'm giving this to Simone. We didn't have the belt. Simone That is true. That belt, belt was You got to give it to the original, the Nature Boy himself. <laughs> oh, Look at that God. hair, baby. The <laughs> Nature Boy. He got the team going. As I ask you how much you enjoy doing Huddle Up every year, I'm going to give you one more chance. We can do better, guys. <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> woo! Now that's a woo, baby. That's how you do a Ric Flair woo. How about the nature boy, Ric Flair in Hamilton for the East Semis? I love it. I'll talk a bit more about that with DSN 1150's Louis, uh, Louis B uh, in, in the next segment after the commercial break because that was cool, man. Okay, I'm an old-school wrestling guy. I love me some Ric Flair. And the old guys keep styling and profiling limousine, driving his way into Tim Hortons Field. So that was a lot of fun. All right, let's move on. Third down. Well, fantasy football is still alive and well on the TSN.ca CFL Fantasy Game. Derek Taylor and Chris Schultz give their best buys and buyer bewares for the divisional finals. Schultz starts with a best buy. 
Well, we got four quarterbacks left in the divisional round of the CFL playoffs, and as my best buy, I'm taking one of them. That is Trevor Harris. When you look at the three games against Hamilton, he has 69 completed passes, 828 yards, never below 22 passes completed in a single game. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, Derek. That is key. But it's the chemistry of the receivers. Brad Snopoli, Greg Ellingson, Deontay Spencer started the season with those three receivers, ending the season with Brad Snopoli, Greg Ellingson, Deontay Spencer. I really believe that pass protection for the Ottawa Red Blacks is absolutely key in this divisional round of the CFL playoffs in the Eastern Division. If they get it, Trevor Harris is going to have an outstanding day. He is my best value this week. My best buy is from the same team, William Powell. When I look at the running backs for this week, I think Powell is by far the most likely to get 20 touches or more. Uh, you pick running backs from teams you think are going to win. I think Ottawa is a bigger favorite over Hamilton than either of the teams in the West. With Ottawa, you're concerned about the goal line and how many times will you get vulture by Dominic Davis, but I really like William Powell this week. Uh, buyer beware. Well, buyer beware is once again the duplication dilemma of Andrew Harris. Right. Absolutely outstanding game in the win over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 19 carries, 153, 8.1 per carry average, one touchdown. Now, Devon Claybrook, he's the defensive coordinator for the Calgary Stampeders. He's going to analyze that front side, point of attack, back side. He's going to report to his players, this is how we stop Andrew Harris. This is about idiosyncrasies, anomalies, and vulnerabilities on that defense for the Calgary Stampeders. Clean it up. You can have an outstanding game against Andrew Harris. I don't think he can duplicate that type of performance again. Because remember this, Advantage Ottawa Red Blacks, they got a film on the Hamilton Ticats. Advantage Calgary Stampeders, they have a film on this team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So I think that defense and with Devon Claybrooks, they're going to roll and stop Andrew Harris. Buyer beware. My buyer beware is Deontay Spencer of the Ottawa Red Blacks. And you might be saying, he had a monster game against monster. Hamilton. Two touchdowns, a 79-yard touchdown. What element was missing from that game? Delvin Bro. And yes, they can move Spencer to the slot back position, but Delvin Bro uh, changes that for me. So I would not spend the Deontay Spencer money. I love him. Again, have him on my team, but not this week. I think three red blacks would be better receiving options for you this week as we approach the division finals. All right. After the break to Hamilton, we go as Louis Butko from host of Tie Cats Today and co-host on Taddy and Louis B from TSN 1150 Hamilton joins me to tee up the East Final. That is next across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. You're listening to CFL Weekly. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or... Just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Yes, welcome back to CFL Weekly Canada Wide on TSN Radio. I'm Andy McNamara. And folks, for the big games this week at the East and West Final, go grab yourself some Domino's. Perfect football food. How about a large four-topping pizza? For just $12.99. That's it. And if you want some more, you want some side dishes, pasta. The phenomenal boneless chicken. Got to try that. And if you have a sweet tooth afterwards, 
How about a marbled cookie brownie for dessert? Check it all out at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Very happy to bring in my good buddy from TSN 1150 in Hamilton. Does a great job covering the team. And as host of Ty Cats today on TSN 1150 Hamilton, as well as co-host of Taddy and Louie B, it's Louie Butko. Louie, I don't think anybody saw a 48-8 to beatdown of the BC Lions by the Hamilton Ticats. Maybe you saw the ha- Hamilton winning or BC squeaking one out, but I at least thought it would be a little bit close. What did you see in Hamilton destroying the Lions by 40 points, and how much did it have to do with Ric Flair being in attendance? Be honest. Uh, oh, 100% <laughs> Ric Flair. Did you see the video that they posted at Ticats.ca? It's Ric Flair's pregame speech. I know uh, TSN, you know, Sports Center, TFL, and TSN, they showed, like, bits and pieces of it, like, maybe just the end. Go watch the whole video. It's like two and a half minutes, and you would be ready to run through a brick wall. Not just Ric Flair, but I mean, the crowd really bought into it. And oh. I give the Ticat staff a whole lot of credit because, I mean, I wasn't sure how it was going to work. I'm thinking Ric Flair, okay, you know, a bunch of people, a bunch of outlets picked it up. I'm still thinking, okay, what can one guy do? Ric Flair, you know, set that place on fire, and the Ticats just look back. I do want to say. That's awesome. I didn't say going into that game the Ticats could win by 30 or lose by 30, and I wouldn't be surprised. 40, I was a little <laughs> surprised. Uh, 40 was a bit Ticats surprising. The Ticats dominated the ball from beginning to end, man. I, I don't know what else you can say. It was uh, it was an utterly dominant performance by the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. It was something else. Did we like, – why was – was Wick Flair just up in Hamilton for the game, or did he have something else? Because it seems like an odd destination for – uh, the, the nature boy who lives in the, the Carolinas to uh, to just uh, hop up to Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it all out, man. I've, I've tried to ask the right people and, and see Either how way. they managed to pull this off. I wasn't sure if there was like a Jerry Glanville connection or maybe a June Jones. Obviously, the Angela Mosca connection, right. uh, the former tag team partners back in the day, but not sure how they managed to pull it off. That's and, wild. Uh, but, it, but it worked. And, and I, I'm, I'm sure they're calling his agents and his people seeing what his availability is for next Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Okay, so we saw the, uh, Hamilton over the lines. Before we jump to the, the East final with Ottawa, Louis, what did you see that you really liked out of this Hamilton? And, and, and you know what? We'll go big picture. We won't say just the offense, but overall, because the big story was, okay, how are they going to do without Brandon Banks? How, are, how is this team going to develop with the – uh, just being able to, in some cases, patchwork a bit of an offense together. What did you see that you like? Because you had some guys step up that, that had that old saying, you know, next man up, and some guys really did step up. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Braylon has at the top of that list in terms of guys who needed to step up and who did. Uh, and Coach said as much afterwards. And, and it was pretty blunt. Terrell Singfield was a, was a last-minute scratch in the lineup, and I'm sure it was well-planned by the coaching staff, but you know, us in the media booth didn't hear about it until an hour before that Singfield wasn't going to play. And, you know, he was asked about it after the game. He said, you went with Braylon Madison over Singfield. Why? Straight up, very bluntly, June Jones-esque, he said, he's better. Wow. Referring to Braylon Addison. And, and that is some, some, you know, body company to be putting him in when you talk about him being better than Terrell Singfield. He throws out the name Jalen Saunders and Brandon Banks uh, when talking about Braylon Addison. He has made his impact in, in the coaches' room, in the film room, on the field, in practice, uh, and he stepped up. Jock Climby said after the game, you know, talking to James Duffy, it's caught it on TSN.ca or whatever, and at, uh, you know, the, the Banks and, and Tasker show really became the Raylan Addison and Tasker show. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't argue with that. I mean, he put up the yards. He was the deep threat. He didn't have a touchdown to show for it, but, you know, 
But the Ticats in great field position that Luke Casker was able to deliver. He only had three catches, but two of them were touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, talk about efficiency. You can talk about, you know, just the trust that Jeremiah Mosoli has in his receivers, putting the ball where he knows his receivers are going to be. Uh, there were a couple plays where he just kind of lost his up because thinking nobody's there, and somehow Alex Green gets to that ball. And that, that's trust. I mean, that's a trust with the quarterback and his receivers. And I know we're probably going to get into the uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli, Trevor Harris debate in a second because I'm, I'm preparing myself for that <laughs> debate all week, all week. I know I- every single Ottawa guy I'm going to have on is going to give us a hard time for, uh, you know, making solely the East MOP. But, I mean, what did he go? He went out there, played three quarters of football perfectly, 14 to 19, uh, you know, 180 yards or so, three touchdowns. He was just so efficient in the way he did his job, and, and you have to give him full credit that he's figured it out. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the the BC Lions couldn't get anything going. And give credit to the linebackers, the front four, the secondary, Frankie Williams, got into the game on a last-second you know, injury by Jamal Roland Warma. Uh, he stepped up. He had a pick six. Simone Lawrence played one of the best games we've seen him play in years. And, and really, you know, all three aspects of the football, they won. And, and it, it, was, it was, like I said, utterly dominant by the side guess. Wow. And I wasn't going to ask you any Trevor Harris questions, Lou. I was just going to ask you three or four more. Uh, I was going to ask you three or four Ric Flair questions more. But, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll go that way. We'll swing. We'll swing to the quarterback in conversation <laughs> with Louis B. from TSN 1150, host of Ticats today on the station, as well as Taddy and Louis B. Monday to Friday uh, on TSN 1150. And, Louis, you mentioned Braylon Addison. And it seems like if you go back and, and pick your sport, in a championship year, there's always somebody. There's always somebody unexpected who steps up, makes a big play, fills in for somebody unexpectedly, and that helps the team go on to a championship. I'm not calling my shot yet for the Ticats, but <laughs> Braylon Addison is one of those guys who nobody would have seen coming a few weeks ago, and all of a sudden you see this guy come up, and there's another weapon for Hamilton. Yeah, and, and, and I think there were some... You know, legitimate nerves when, when people saw Braylon Addison. Because, sure. I mean, he had 100 yards against Montreal. That's with Dane Evans, right? I mean, that wasn't with Jeremiah Mazzoli. This was the first time those guys really played together, first time all season. And if you're Ottawa, you can think, okay, well, at least now we got another page on him. But also, what can you expect in round two? What, what can these guys do with another week in practice? What can Braylon Addison, Jeremiah Mazzoli, and Luke Tasker, kind of a trifecta, of this Ticats passing game. What can they come up with? What can June Jones come up with that, that the Ottawa Red Blacks aren't expecting? Go back to that first game in Ottawa. Uh, the Ticats utterly beat up the Ottawa Red Blacks through the first two and a half quarters of that game. And, and up 16 in the third quarter, game should have been over. We all know what happened. Brandon Banks went down. Uh, Delvin Bro was gone for a couple of series that the Red Blacks managed to score. Brandon Banks stays in that game. I don't think the Ticats lose it. I mean, and, and right. you know, Terrence Tolliver got knocked out of that game as well, which is something we don't talk about enough. Is that, you know, in the fourth quarter, Terrence Tolliver was taken out with what was ruled on the play a dirty hit, uh, and he hasn't been back since. So, mm. uh, you know, the Ticats, I don't want to use Ottawa too much the first time in terms of reading too much into what happened, but the fact that the Ticats were in control of that game, you know, they can go into Ottawa and, and they know that. They haven't done it lately, but they know that they can do it. And, and, and you know, Jeremiah Mazzoli was the quarterback. There are a lot of guys on that 2015 team that watched Henry Briss 
you know, double pump and, and, and find Ellingson on second and 25. Mm-hmm. I know and there's going to be some feelings that are going to come up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there are going to be some feelings that come up from that. And, and they're going to remember how it felt to be on the wrong side of that. And yeah. I think they're going to turn it around and do something special. Yeah. Oh, no, no doubt. And the thing is, when you have teams in a division, they play each other so much over the years. It's tough to beat a team twice. It's tougher to sweep a season series like Ottawa did 3 nothing. It's tougher to beat them four times. So if I'm a Ticat fan, I'm thinking, hey, man, our number is coming up here. And where you have a little bit of momentum. And for the Red Blacks, they sat guys the last week. They're a couple weeks out. Trevor Harris saying in interviews, hey, we want to get back at it. We want to get going. There's something can, that I think can be said for this team, this Ticat team. If you can come out fast start. Put the boots in the first quarter to the Red Blacks and kind of catch them, kind of wake them up a little bit of, oh, okay, hey, we're off of the bye, and get a couple scores up. You might be able to put this thing away early or at least be able to to hold on for the ride the rest of the way. Yeah, that's a great point, Andy. And you, you, we talk about how good the Ticats crowd was on uh, on Sunday with Rick Flair. I mean, let's give the Ottawa Red Blacks credit. They, they have been treated to some great teams in their first five years mm-hmm. of their their new existence mm-hmm. as the Red Blacks, but they come out. The fans come out. It's a great atmosphere. They they love their team. They know their team. They're supportive. They understand the game. But like any other crowd, if you take them out early, if you kind of delegitimize their their home field advantage, uh, it, they could be in for a long afternoon. They could be in for a long, cold afternoon at TD uh, Banks at TD Play Stadium. It, it, it is what it is, right? I mean, we know that, that there is genuine excitement, and we saw that in Hamilton with a lot of scoring, and then there's manufactured excitement. If you're down 21-7 to 7 in the third quarter, and, and the crowd, you know, the crowd prompt is telling you to make some noise. <laughs> Not the same. You know, it's, it's exactly, it's a lot more difficult than when you're on a big play, let's say third and one, trying to make the big stop or trying to get the first down, and the genuine excitement. So if the tie gets, like you say, can score early, you take the Ottawa Red Blacks crowd out of it, make them a non-factor, and then, yeah, let's talk about Trevor Harris. You know, he was talking all week about, Hey guys, I've only lost one playoff game. It's not like I've lost ten in a row. It's not like I'm, I'm on this big long streak. But he does have this reputation for not being a big game football player. Yeah. And if he doesn't deliver, you know, as a free agent, guy took a one year deal on himself. He, he bet on himself. He's going to be looked at a lot differently, either in Ottawa or league wide, if he can't come out with this win. So I like to think who's facing more pressure in this game. I, I have to say it's the Red Blacks. Ticats can just go out there and think, you know what, nobody's really expecting us to yeah, win. Why loose. don't we just go out there and go for it? Yeah. Uh, the Red Blacks, meanwhile, are thinking, eh. Guys, we were the favorites. We have Greg Ellingson. We have Brad Sinopoulos. We have a, a you know fifteen hundred yard rusher on the ground, and, and Trevor Harris is our guy. I feel like Ottawa's facing a lot more pressure in this game than the Ticats are, and that could also be a factor heading into it. That's a terrific point because yeah, for Trevor Harris, his future, his next paycheck, could very well be determined the amount of it on how he plays in these playoffs. Louis, well, let's leave it on this. Uh, Ottawa needs to do X to beat Hamilton. Ooh, Ottawa needs to keep the ball out of Braylon Addison's hands, mm. I think. Because I think, you know, as, as much as we can talk about how good Jeremiah Masoli has been, uh, he finds a receiver that he likes. I don't I don't trust Parkway McDaniel. I don't trust Mike Jones. 
I mean, I just I don't trust any other receiver outside of Luke Tasker. Of right. Who's a different kind of receiver than Braylon Addison? You know, I, I, the Ticats need the deep ball threats. Like Jeremiah Masoli needs to be able to know that somebody is going to be there to catch the football. And if you make Braylon Addison a non-factor in this game, it's going to be a long afternoon for the Ticats. Interesting, uh, Louis. Well, can't wait. That is Sunday, one o'clock on TSN. Going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, buddy. No problem. Can I just point out one thing before I go? Oh, sure. Last week on this show, you had Marshall Ferguson. Yes. Play-by-play voice of the Ticats, my uh, my colleague at TSN 1150. I am just appreciative that you had so much faith in the Ticats to win last week that you knew I was going to be on. Because I knew, because <laughs> I know that you know that if you could only have one Hamilton Tiger Cats guest in a season, it would have been me. But right. Your confidence level in the Ticats uh, <laughs> led you to have me this week. So thank you. I do want to say thank you. Listen, uh, Marshall was a, a, a producer Sean Lavery booking. I was like, get me Louis oh, B. And he said, he said, okay. no. Uh, you know, the producer card, right? What can I do? Oh, jeez. Those, those damn producers. Uh, you can't rest. work with them. You can't work with them. I know. I know, buddy. Anyway, thanks, Andy. Enjoy the game, bud. <laughs> there he goes. Uh, Louis Butko, host on TSN 1150 of Ticats Today. And Taddy and Louis B. We'll step aside and head out to Winnipeg next. Darren Bombing from TSN 1290 Winnipeg covers the Bombers, does a great job covering the whole CFL out there in the peg. We will tee up the Western Final. Bombers versus Stamps next here on CFL Weekly. Rolling along here on CFL Weekly Canada Wide on CSN Radio. I'm Andy McNamara. Make sure you get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMC Sports CFL Division Final Weekend, folks. And there's no better way to enjoy it than getting yourself some Domino's pizza. Go do it. Domino's.ca, a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. You have a sweet tooth after? Try the marble cookie brownie for dessert. It is delicious. Domino's.ca. Check out all the great carryout and delivery options at Domino's.ca. We talked about the East Final. Now we go out west to talk to my buddy Darren Bombing from TSN 1290 in Winnipeg. He's host of CFL 60, covers the Bombers game day, does play-by-play for football day. He does just about everything. Darren, how's it going, buddy? Andy, I'm well, my friend. What's going on over there? Oh, boy. It, it's uh, Coming off of that, that semifinal weekend, it, the... I think the unpredictability remains, and that's what I love. Yeah. The last couple weeks of the regular season, you, there are still so many questions. You didn't know how it was going to play out, and now you have Winnipeg 23-18 over the Rough Riders. Let's take us before we get into the, the West Final, take me back into that game. Caleros gets knocked out. Uh, Bombers, who have overcome so much themselves this season, end up taking it in the always difficult uh, Regina, in front of the Regina fan base there. Take me through your, your thoughts on that game. Yeah, you know, leading into the game, Andy, there was a lot of intrigue and, and question because uh, there was a lot of subterfuge and mind games and uh, strategy by both head coaches going into this game regarding their rosters. Of course, we all know Zach Kolaris listed atop the depth chart, but there were indications all week that made you wonder, something's up here. Hmm. Four quarterbacks on the depth chart. By rule, they only have to dress three, so you knew one did not belong and why they would do that. The second, the number two quarterback, Brandon Bridge, getting reps midweek, and then Chris Jones quashing that, saying he's just preparing 
all of his quarterbacks getting ready to play. I understood that. Jones has never been afraid to rotate quarterbacks in-game and try to throw defenses uh, you know, a, a bit of a wrench into the game plan. Uh, but when Brandon Bridge was announced the starter one hour prior to kickoff, and really it was TSN's Dave Naylor the night before that broke the news, uh, I wasn't really too surprised. There were too many weird things going on. On the other side, it was head coach Mike O'Shea and a standout phenomenal linebacker, not Adam Big Hill, but the guy right next to him, Javan Santos-Knox. He was a game-time decision, and it was expected that Ian Wild would get the start in his place. Early in that game, it was actually a reserve player in Kyrie Wilson getting a lot of those reps. And then that intrigue regarding the Blue Bombers linebackers continued late into the fourth quarter when Adam Big Hill suddenly was not on the field. No indication on the sidelines why he was taken out of the game. And as per usual, no injury update from head coach Mm. Mike O'Shea uh, following the game. But this leads into the West final in Calgary where Adam Big Hill's health status is in question. There have been reports early here in the week in Winnipeg, that Adam Big Hill should be good to go. But the way head coaches handle things in the CFL and the way that they're allowed to bend the rules with the depth charts and declaring their roster and injury reports, I'm not believing anything a coach says uh, at full face value. I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. And, well, with Calgary, with some injury issues as well, uh, and and who might uh, be available uh, to them, including Devaris Daniels, this week, I'm really waiting until one hour prior to kickoff to get that finalized roster and know for sure. But that game in Saskatchewan was a heck of a lot of fun. The weather, ball control, and the run game really highlighted uh, what it took for Winnipeg to win. Yeah, and ultimately, yeah, the quarter of Matt Nichols not expected to do or not asked to do and not having to do too much. You really leaned on Andrew Harris, which was the the formula for success earlier on in the season for this Blue Bombers team. And Darren, when you look at both of those those clubs, it was fitting in a way because both had overcome so much controversy, so much in different ways. But remember back, like Matt Nichols was getting booed by the fans, was calling out the fan base. And now he's and now he's he's got the team to the West Final. Like what a a journey from this team teetering on the cusp of not even making the playoffs to surging, and now they're they got a chance to go to the big show. In in my opinion, Andy, it's it's been the most intriguing storyline all season here in Winnipeg. The up and down play of Matt Nichols from a preseason knee injury that forced the Blue Bombers to start a true rookie in Chris Streveler the first three games of the season. Nichols struggled through the bulk of the regular season, slowly progressed, got better, in my opinion, likely got healthier as the season went on, and there he was, throwing for over 300 yards for the first time all season uh, during their five-game winning streak to wrap up the regular season prior to taking their foot off the gas and trying to uh, uh, heal some bumps and bruises in Week 21 in a loss uh, to the playoffless Edmonton Eskimos. But The most intriguing thing to me this season, while it's been the progressive improvement of an injured Matt Nichols through the entire season, it's that head coach Mike O'Shea and the culture he has instilled here in Winnipeg is really starting to show its worth and pay its Mm -hmm. dividends. I was talking to Jordan Younger, standout player in this league I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with. Uh, in his time with the Toronto Argonauts, a coach there as well, multi-time Grey Cup champion. It was his first year here in Winnipeg coaching the Blue Bombers defensive backs. I asked him what he's seen in that culture Mike O'Shea has instilled in Winnipeg. And he says, plain and simple, 
Mike O'Shea, the, the message never wavers. He never changes. And that stability and consistency in the message and the faith from the coach at the top in the players, whether it's a four-game losing streak or a five-game winning streak, which the Blue Bombers experienced their final nine games, meaningful games of the regular season, nothing changed at the top. And Jordan Younger told me that is paid back in turn to a man, each player in that Blue Bombers locker room. They know they have faith in their coach regardless of what has happened the previous day, the previous week, or the previous month. They believe in the coach because the coach believes in them, and they pay it back by putting in that little bit of extra work in the film room, that little bit of extra work working out on the field or in the, in the, uh, uh, the weight room, uh, all of those sorts of things. Having another conversation with a teammate. It was one of the most insightful conversations I've had in years with Jordan Younger, the Blue Bombers defensive backs coach, uh, and it just told me exactly why Mike O'Shea remains as steadfast as he does. He is all about faith in his players and the players having faith in their head coach. And frankly, Andy, that's why the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are playing their best football right now than they have in seven years. Well, it would have been easy to mail it in, right? Would have been under a lesser culture, lesser mindset, and and I guess message from the coach in that locker room would have been easy to mail it in. And, you know, they would have had a lot of excuses, but it doesn't seem like that team is built around that. And well, boy, Darren, let's let's move on to the Western Final, buddy. Okay, all right, it's yeah. it's gonna be go time. Sunday, four thirty p.m. Eastern on TSN, of course. Heading into Calgary, and Calgary is so interesting because during the regular season, you fear them because they're the juggernaut. They're thirteen and five. They stammered a little bit towards the end of the year, but now they're at home where they're seven and two. And we know in the past, though, it's this Calgary team can be had in the postseason. What's what's the feel from your end from this Blue Bombers team going into Calgary, which, again, they've proven they can be had? Oh, 100 percent. And we got to go back to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers facing the Calgary Stampeders late in the regular season, week 20. And it was a 29-1 win by the Blue Bombers at home against that Calgary Stampeders team. Yes, they were banged up, in particular on the offensive side of the football. couple spots on that offensive line. Uh, They've had some newer bodies in there, but of course, uh, it's most definitely led by a receiving core uh, that that has really struggled through injuries this year. Losing Kamar Jordan, questions right now of whether his um, you know, uh, a career will continue uh, following a catastrophic knee injury, and he might have, you know, some nerve damage. That would be an absolute mm. shame. But, you know, losing players once again and again, you know, it was Juwan Breskason. Uh, it was Daveris Daniels. There's questions Daniels might be ready uh, to go for the West Final. Juwan Breskason returned to the lineup uh, late in the season. He's good to go. But Marquise Ambles, Chris Matthews, those young, I should say young, but new receivers in this Calgary Stampeders receiving core, that's weaponry. That's ammunition for the most dangerous man, in my opinion, in the CFL in Bo Levi Mitchell. The weather looks good in the forecast for Calgary on Sunday afternoon. Above freezing, sunny skies, not a lot of wind. That means Bo Levi is going to be able to get the passing attack going. So as much as Winnipeg relied on their offensive line and Andrew Harris running the football, the ball control and killing the clock to beat the Calgary or to beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to get to the West Final, this coming week, the challenge is on the other side of the football and limiting the amount of damage Bo Levi Mitchell can do. 
in order to give keep Andrew Harris, Matt Nichols, and the Blue Bombers offense within striking distance. Darren, if this gets into a shootout, and as you said, kind of the hodgepodge patchwork of receiving court, Bo Levi gets zipping through the air. Does Winnipeg, does Matt Nichols, do they have the horses to be able to compete in a shootout? Whereas you said, hey, in a perfect world, they go the ground and pound route with Andrew Harris. Absolutely. And, and you know, the run sets up the pass. It's just the universal truth in football, pro football period, in particular in the CFL. There are a lot of doubters of Matt Nichols, and I understand that. He's not the flashy quarterback. He's not the cock of the walk, uh, you know, uh, uber confident, uh, outwardly confident, I should say, uh, quarterback. He is inwardly confident. He brings a lot of fire and a lot, and pretty much every single teammate of his I've spoken to over the last four years here in Winnipeg talk about the faith and confidence they have in him and the fire and drive he brings to the huddle and in between the white lines, uh, you know, uh, when it's live bullets uh, playing a football game. The criticism, I understand. He is not a 300 yard passer consistently. He is not somebody that's going to be able to drop back and beat you with his arm uh, alone. But their best weapon in this Blue Bombers offense, you could say it's Andrew Harris. You could say it's a nasty, physical, and effective offensive line. But it's all of that together. It's offensive coordinator Paul Lapolice not afraid to pull out the trick play, not afraid to get creative and try different things. He'll use Darvin Adams, a 1,000-yard receiver and a division all-star this year. He'll use Weston Dressler, still extremely effective, now into his second decade of pro wow. football. Uh, you know, he, he's not afraid to use uh, Nick Dembski and Drew Wolitarski and Dressler, including Andrew Harris, but Dembski and Harris in particular, running the football. He takes a receiver and will put him in the backfield and run him between the tackles. You never know precisely what Paul LaPolice has cooking, and he it all starts with a quarterback in Matt Nichols. While he won't throw for 300 consistently, he is responsible. He is very fast processing information, and he can run an offense as effectively as any quarterback in this league. That's what makes Winnipeg dangerous. He's not Mike Riley. It's not like you're going to be like, okay, we got to you know, ensure we stop the pass and not let him throw for 400 on us. It's because you don't know how they're going to attack you. That's the challenge uh, for Devon Claybrooks, the defensive coordinator of the St. Peters this week. Yeah, a much more balanced offense for sure. Oh, boy, Darren, it's going to be fun, man. This is going to be a fun weekend of football. Enjoy it. Uh, you're going to be uh, your CFL 60 show. People can catch it on TSN 1290 Winnipeg Tuesdays. And, of course, you cover the Bombers on game day there on Twitter at Darren Bombing. Thanks a lot for doing this, buddy. Andy, always good to talk to you, my friend. Should be a great weekend. We'll talk soon. And there he goes, Darren Bombing from TSN 1290 Winnipeg. We're going to step aside and wrap up the show with a league-wide look on the games that were in the semis, looking ahead to the West and big-picture CFL storylines with Chris O'Leary, senior writer from CFL.ca. That's next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. To wrap up the East and West Division Finals edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMC Sports. And remember to qualify for our terrific CFL Grey Cup prize giveaway. All you got to do is follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. And once I post our CFL Weekly show link tweet, I'll pin it to my profile. So the tweet that says, Hey, this is who was on the show. Click here to listen, whatever. That one. Okay? Once I, that, once I put that one up, 
All you do is retweet that and follow me at AndyMC81, and you will qualify for the random draw that will go Friday. So that includes, and I'll post a video for it as well so you can see the gear. All official CFL gear. The Adidas Hustle CFL shirt. The New Era Hat Drive shirt. An official mini Grey Cup logoed football. And I'm also throwing in a Domino's pizza voucher just for good measure. Because we are delivered by Domino's, of course. And hey, this weekend... Get yourself some Domino's pizza. Large four topping for twelve ninety nine. That's it. All sorts of great delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Let's take a league-wide look as we get ready for the division finals and look back and some of the off-season storylines that we'll be approaching and entering our mindset in a few weeks once the Grey Cup is all said and done. Let's chat with uh, CFL.ca senior writer Chris O'Leary. Chris, before we get into the big games, the East and West Finals, let's take a step back to the semis. Now, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they were defeated, and it went through smoke and mirrors and defense and special teams. My goodness, it somehow, somewhere, and full credit to Chris Jones, because, man, that guy just was a wizard to really have. Chris, like, really, he had his offense as the third most efficient way of scoring this year. That's unheard of to get to 12 wins. It was remarkable. Uh, but... You still got a quarterback problem. There's Zach Caleros who, you know, in and out of the lineup with injury, didn't really take the world on fire. Brandon Bridge you can't really count on. What do you think they do this offseason when it comes to quarterback? Uh, well, I, I would think it's a, a different look for sure. Um, I, I just think, you know, if, if Caleros was making, I think it was reported around 450 a year, uh, you know, you, you at the very least would want to restructure that contract or, you know, with so many other quarterback options out there with free agency this year, I, I think they'll definitely look around probably at both spots, right? And, mm-hmm. and maybe kind of rebuild at that position. And just, I think, I think if you're replacing both, you need a, you need a, you know, a, a capable starter. And I'm sure Chris Jones is, is going to want to get the best that he can. And then uh, you're, you're going to want uh, a solid backup behind him that, that you know, you can count on. And uh, it seems like for the Riders for the last few years, they've had to use, uh, you know, more than one quarterback throughout the season for, uh, for heavy portions. So I, I think that's what he'll look at. And, uh, you know, I think I would assume. Uh, I think I wrote something yesterday saying that probably every team in the league is going to try and talk to Mike Riley mm-hmm. and see, you know, <laughs> how uh, <laughs> how open he is to a move and what the, what that, the future might look like for him. But um, yeah, I, I would think Saskatchewan would make a big push for him, just given the history that uh, Chris Jones has with him. Uh, Riley knows that that Saskatchewan offense very well, uh, just ha- having run in Edmonton for a couple years. Uh, yeah, I, I would think he'd start there and then uh, and then start to kind of work his way through. The, uh, the the free agent ranks and it's, it's deep, right? I mean, it's, it's just about every starting quarterback uh, or or you know starting worthy quarterback in the right. league is is going to be a free agent this year. So it's kind of a, a really an open market. It's going to be very interesting, and it's rare. We rarely do we see in the CFL this many competent quarterbacks that are going to be available, at least as it stands right now. I would think, and I would hope Zach Caleros, depending on, you know, if they get Mike Riley, obviously he's, you can't pay two quarterbacks that type of money. But if not, I would like to see him still compete because I still think he got bit by the injury bug and still does have some some upside there. But it's uh, it's going to be a wide-open market, man. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens there. Toronto, you got to consider as well, like Ricky Ray. Very doubtful he would come back, I would think. And even if he does... The options there aren't good. Do you think like a, a Mike Riley would would make sense in Toronto, or do you have any any feeling of the way they might go in quarterback when it comes to the Argos? Yeah, and, and I haven't really spoken with uh, the Argos or Jim Pop or anybody uh, in, in that office uh, specifically about about those things. But I mean, 
from from a certain standpoint, you, I mean, you look at markets like uh, you know we haven't talked about BC, but yeah, BC right. falls into that, and, and Toronto, like just big big markets that are kind of hurting at the at the gates. Uh, to me, those are the ones that right away, you know, even for non-football reasons, you want a superstar like Mike Riley, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, and then on the field, I think he you know, obviously brings just as much or more. But uh, yeah, I would think Toronto would would at least make a call and, and see how interested he is. I don't know, and just having spent a, a few years around Mike Riley when, when I worked in Edmonton, I don't know that he'd make a huge move out east uh, or, or even a huge move at all, right? I mean, I, I think loyalty is important to him. I think uh, kind of you know building a legacy and and uh, staying with with one team or you know probably, I don't see him moving around a lot in his career uh, ideally. Uh, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I don't personally see him going out east. I'd be surprised if, if something like that happened. But um, yeah, I think if there's if there's one team, I think that has a good shot at him. I think uh, I think he'll at least uh, listen and, and consider what Ed Hervey has to say in BC. Right, and and hey, for the Argos, uh, where they go at quarterback is going to depend. I would think also who the new head coach is going to be. That's going to have that's going to have some say in it. Yeah, there, there's so many uh, <laughs> so many question marks there with that team right now. And uh, yeah, and I mean, if I mean they they have James Franklin under contract for next season. I think uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson's a free agent. Uh, so I mean, I don't know if if Jim Pop wants, you know, the, the incoming coach to to focus on Franklin and, and really give him a full season to uh, to be a starter and kind of see what they have there, or, or if maybe they just kind of scrap plans and uh, mm-hmm. you know and, and, and look elsewhere. But uh, you know, I, I would like to see uh, what Franklin could do with a full season. I think it was kind of a an oddball season, and, and again, just. Uh, another guy that was kind of, kind of fortunate to spend time around in Edmonton. I, I felt like he would be kind of one of those next great starting quarterbacks and still a very young guy. So uh, I, I, I still think there could be something there. I think the season definitely didn't go right for Franklin, but uh, you know, I, I think there's still the potential. In conversation with Chris O'Leary, a senior writer at CFL.ca, chatting with us live from Winnipeg. And uh, boy, uh, how's, how's the weather out there, bud? <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, it's been better, uh, but you know what? It's probably par for the course for November, I think. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. It's about minus minus fifteen right now. It's Canada. And, uh, apparently, we're <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. I said it, it's Canada CFL playoff weather. It's what we expect, right? Yeah, this is it, right? And I feel like if uh, if, if, those, if those guys can go out on the field in Regina and play and, and not complain about it, I, I probably shouldn't either. <laughs> right? Exactly. You're you're playing tough. I like it. I like. It. Okay, let's yeah, yeah. Zip, <laughs> well, let's zip through these two uh, matchups here. And uh, boy, w- w- I was talking about the last few weeks. Chris, how the end of the regular season was so unpredictable and there was so much to play for than last week's games. Mm-hmm. You could have made an argument either way for either team to win, and it would have made sense. I think we can do that still in this East and West matchup. Let's get your uh, a couple quick thoughts on each of these games, starting with Hamilton going into Ottawa. Of course, the Red Blacks sweeping that season series. Yeah, it's funny uh, how, how much one game can, can change someone's opinion i mean I, I didn't have hamilton written off but i just think the the receiver injuries you know really were a big concern for me and uh, I, I didn't know if they they'd be able to kind of keep up with the team like uh even bc going into the uh going into that playoff game and then uh just to, to watch kind of that resounding performance against the lions just to they just dominated them really from the, yeah. from the opening snap of the game and uh i mean that if if they didn't feel confident going into ottawa having you know, lost all three games against them this season. Uh, I mean, they're, they're going to be full confidence this week. And, uh, I, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a great game. And, uh, you know, it, on the other side, I think Ottawa does have that 3-0 advantage. I think they know uh, what what they get with Hamilton. And, you know, I think Trevor Harris should feel good about the, this matchup. I think he's outperformed solely in all three, I believe. And, uh, you know, I think two, those two wins at the end just to, uh, to clinch the division were probably playoff atmosphere. 
you know, I, I think Ottawa's in a good place right now. They're at home, uh, tough. And, you know, like, yeah, I keep thinking, I think it was a 2015 uh, East final between those two teams. And that came down to a, a classic finish, just that, that Greg Ellingson touchdown catch at the end. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, th- I think the, the, the potential is there for another classic. I just, uh, yeah, I just... I hope it comes down to the last play again. I I hope so. That that would be exciting, as should be Calgary hosting Winnipeg. And uh, the Stampeders, Chris, they keep trying to shake that specter of being regular season heroes and zeros in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, and and it's, uh, I mean, if you're on that team, I, I feel like the, the storyline is the same. I mean, as, as a reporter, you know, you're, you're you're talking to them about the same things every playoffs, every, right. every year. Uh, they, they've got to want to get past this and uh and finally win one and you know and i think something probably affecting all teams is just the uh the, the prospect of free agency right i think rosters are going to look a lot different next year and I, th- I think that won't be any different in calgary you know there's the possibility of believe mitchell going to the nfl alex singleton uh devon quaybrooks could be a head coach somewhere uh you know at the start of next season so i think there's you know maybe more of a sense of urgency just knowing that like you know, you don't have forever with these sorts of things. Even if you have a, a really good young team, uh, the pieces can shuffle quickly. And uh, so I, I, I think they know that. And so I, I think they'll be focused on that and just trying to get this one right finally <laughs> and, and, one. and closing out a season the way they want to and just win a great cup. Yeah. Well, Chris, it's going to be a fun set of games, of course, both Sunday afternoon. We got 1 o'clock Eastern start Hamilton, Ottawa, and then 4.30 Eastern Winnipeg into Calgary, all on TSN. Thanks so much, buddy. Stay warm and keep up the great work. Hey, absolutely. Enjoy the weekend. There he goes, Chris O'Leary from the CFL.ca, their senior writer. And you can get him on Twitter at O'Leary Chris. Check out all his fine work there. That'll do it, folks. We're getting ready. Winner out of these two games will set up the Grey Cup. We will know who that will be when we chat next week. Enjoy the games. Have a blast. And it's going to be a great weekend, I'm sure. You've been listening to CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara across the TSN Radio.